not a kid anymore, but some days I said, I wish I was a kid. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing those experiences in ridiculous and hilarious truths. With that being said, let's get into today's topic. Life after dance. So this topic came about because, as we all know, me and Danielle are getting older. Mm -hmm. We have friends that are getting older, and even, we say that, but like me and Danielle are in our early 30s. But we've also had plenty of friends that trained with us in college, trained with us when we were younger. Mm -hmm. They're no longer in the industry in any way, shape, or form, or their contact with the industry, they would not call anything more than hobby or recreational mm -hmm. at best. Um, and we wanted to discuss it because it's one of those things we realize that like a lot of times we as a young adults don't want to disappoint our younger selves. Mm -hmm. We don't want to disappoint our, you know, our younger selves that saw a Broadway show or a concert or a full length ballet for the first time. And then, you know, spent years training in it and then gave it up. No yeah. one wants to be that person, but it's kind of a reality in and a I lot think, of ways. I think that, you know, I, yeah, so I've been thinking a lot about this lately, like, like life after you're done dancing, like mm -hmm. what next? And I think that, um, like you were saying, nobody wants to disappoint their younger self and like, mm -hmm. and like, you know, your dreams you had when you were 15 or 10 or whatever are not 18. what they are now. And I think though that it is easier, like, if you were one of those kids growing up who did dance or theater and then you decided like, okay, when I go to college, like I'm going to major in communications. I'm going to major in finance business. I'm going to major in like whatever, right? I'll come back to that yes, later. Like I think that those, those kids who chose, you know what, I'm actually going to major in this and then I will dance recreationally, right? Like I knew plenty of people who do who did that who mm -hmm. said like I'm gonna major in like business or communications, but I will um, audition for the school dance team or I will try out for like the show that that's you know casting non majors or I'll take like a non major class. I think that that's almost an easier transition oh, yeah. when where it's like I still love dance or theater as part of my life, but I'm gonna I'm interested in other things. I think that. And what I've been noticing and, and things that I've even been grappling is with yeah. is like what happens though when you stick on that path of dance, when you get your, you know, your BA or your BFA in dance or theater and you go out into the world and you audition or you direct or you choreograph or you, you teach even and then you decide, you know what one, you know, you wake up one day and you're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And I don't think we talk about that enough or talk okay. about like at all. And I think that it is something that we need to bring up. And so I wanted to just kind of talk about that and those paths and those changes mm -hmm. and also shed light on like, what are some careers that you don't have to give it up fully, right? Like what are some careers, careers that are great transitions yes. from being in the dance world that are not dance anymore? Well, let's first start with <clears throat> the number one reason why people give it up life yeah and this is something that again it's not going to it to the younger listeners it's not going to make a lot of sense it's not going to make a lot of sense in your early 20s you know when everything is really great but it's one of those things of i personally i've had a fam my family has had a lot of uh deaths mm -hmm. and medical issues where there have been times where 
I wanted to not take a contract because it's like, I want to be home with my family, mm -hmm. you know, or, um, and so when I say life, it can be wanting to be home with your family, mm -hmm. wanting the simple, you know, nine to five to be able to go on vacations. Cause like I, for one, <clears throat> for, I did not go home for Christmas for five years. Yeah. One year it was like, I just did not book enough gigs to make the money. The other four years I had gigs on like Christmas Eve, right. Christmas day. And there's also something to be said <laughs> about wanting a consistent schedule. Oh, yeah. I mean, I de and I've talked about this before, like that was a big part of, in all honesty, a big part of why I went into teaching was I wanted a consistent schedule and I wanted my weekends back. Yes, because I've lost, I lost my current weekend um, because I'm choreographing a show right now. But it's, it's one of those things of like, and we say life, but like there was a, when I first moved here to the city, I taught, um, I was teaching two master classes on Saturdays consistently. And I had a rehearsal with a competition dance team on mm -hmm. Saturdays. So like I, my friends would not see me on Saturday. They would be like, we're going to brunch. Mm -hmm. or we're going to Daniel will tell you where I would be like, either it has to be close to where I'm teaching or like it needs to be several hours after I can get home shower crash. Mm -hmm. And there would be multiple times where we would still go out and I would fall asleep in restaurants. Yeah, we it happens. Simply because like I just, my, my life was not conducive to that, you know, or, um, having children, wanting to get married, having partners. Those are things that are very hard to do when you're living the artist's life. Like I can't yeah. tell you how many friends I have that are on Broadway that are like, I have to get that. They have to like shoot, pick and choose their battles. Mm -hmm. Like I know, um, some of them, will get up really, really early, which is hard for, again, Broadway, you don't get off work till 10 or 11 o'clock at night and then home midnight. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have young children, especially, they're asleep. So I know a couple of them that like, I get up there, like I drag myself out of bed, take my kids to school, and then I come out and go back to sleep until I need to get up and like start my day. Mm -hmm. uh, that's hard for them. Or you get some of them being like, especially when they're in the rehearsal process, they're like, I don't get to see my kids. So like, once a month, I keep my kids home from school and bring them to the theater with me mm -hmm. so that I can see them. Yeah. I don't, Audrey McDonald, I think, was famously talked about this um, several years ago when her children were younger, where she was just like, I don't get to see my kids. So, like, I have to bring them to the theater so I can see them and ask how they're doing. And, like, because yeah. you, you, you know, even in the dance world, like, our shows are at night. So, mm -hmm. like, you're not home for those uh, raising children hours, you know? And I think that, you know, there are plenty of people who make it work, but... It is also a completely valid reason for you to take a minute and take a step back and go, oh, yeah. there are life things I want, commitments, family things that come up, mm -hmm. partners, all of that, where maybe it's not as conducive, the schedule anymore. No. But every, everyone is different, and I think that um, a big stigma in this world is like, well, unless you are you know, like hitting the pavement, going hard, like every day, going out there, Ugh. like, like killing it, going to auditions, going to calls, like applying to everything. You are not really doing it. Right. And so like, I true. even, and I know I'm not true. And I know I, talk, yeah, thing, I, know I talked true. about this in like one of our other like teaching versus choreographing episodes and stuff like that too. But I definitely had from some people in the industry be like, Oh, you're going to go into teaching full time. Like really like almost as if it was a cop out. But the thing is like, for me, that's what I wanted and I needed. Mm -hmm. um, 
So life is a very real reason to choose. Or like there's, and then there's variation of that because it makes me think, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the podcast, but like I ended up settling in New York because I was tired of living out of a suitcase. Yeah. Like my first big gig outside of college was on tour for nine months. Right. And it wasn't like a big, it, was, it wasn't a big tour. It was like a bus and truck tour. Right. So like I was... Like, I, I was becoming miserable just because, like, I couldn't do life things. Like, a contract would end, and I would get on a plane to go home back to Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, I just kind of want to, like, go to an audition and, like, go home and go to sleep. Right. Or, like, finish a gig and, like, be able to rest two days before I have to go back out. And I didn't want to fly back and forth. And I didn't want to couch surf. Like, I kind of mm-hmm. wanted my own space. Yeah. And, you know, and there are other people that are like, oh, I want to own property. Or, like, yeah. so little things, like, like, of life can just get in the way. And or I shouldn't say get in the way, but they can be the, they can be the spark that kind of leads you to, I'm comfortable not getting up at 5 a.m. to mm-hmm. go to auditions. Yeah. Or I love it that I can be in bed by 9 yeah. p.m. I was going to say, that's <laughs> another thing is I think that sometimes like, again, with like life things is like, sometimes like you just wake up that one day and like the schedule is too much right so like there's the life things like I want a house maybe I want kids I want to get married or have a partner I want to travel the world like whatever it may be right but then there are the things like maybe you really just aren't into the even if you have an agent maybe you're just not into being out there back and call and showing Uh up in the casting room and not getting cast eight or nine times out of ten like these are all very valid reasons to decide that it's maybe long yeah and then well that's my next big point if life is the number one number two which uh three will kind of shuffle but number two the industry itself this is not an easy industry to live in work in die in like it is not an easy industry and i think the point of this podcast we've made it very clear that like there are lots of ups and downs there's Mm -hmm. lots of good there's lots of bad And there's lots of middle ground Mm -hmm. in this industry as well. And I've met people on both ends of that that, like, get annoyed with it, get defeated, and then the next day they're in it again, you know, doing great. But then I've also met some people that are just like, I hate New York. I I hate L.A. I even hate Chicago. I want to live on a farm where my neighbor is three miles away. I'm done performing. And it was literally like, oh, okay. And she was like, I just enjoy being in nature. So I'm done performing. But I think that that (laughs) is something like a really good point to also bring up. Because just as we talk about like in our everyday lives, like people change, right? Like we've said this before. Yes, yes, Tony and I say this all the time, especially like we have a couple friends who are like, a little bit younger than us or we have like a um or like people we've worked with or like not acquaintances like we've like either worked with them or they're like friends of friends or whatever mm-hmm. who are a little bit younger than us and we always say like the person you are at 18 is not the person you are at 21 is not no. the person you are at 25 and God you know no. tony and i both kind of agree that like you don't really start to develop a sense of self until 25 at least at the early I mean that 25. quarter life crisis is like a real thing right and I think like it is like an actual weird thing where you at mm-hmm. 25 is when you start your journey towards okay who am I and what is it that I actually want and it's because and I say start 
start the journey. Yes, it's a start because I'm barely figuring it out and I just right. turned 31. Because I I often make the joke of I was a different person every year from 18 to 25. Yeah. And I lived in several different states during that time period. As well. I mean, like in one year, I lived in Florida, Georgia, and New York all in right. one calendar year. I was not the same person and a year, for any of that. A year is a really long time. So I also think like to your point of the person that woke up one day and said, I want to go live on a farm. Like, I just think that it's, there, there's, at valid. the end of the day, it's like, so valid. right, like, there doesn't even need to have to be a, this excuse of, like, well, what I really want is this, or, like, I'm just really tired mm. of waking up. Like, sometimes, just like everything else in life, as you are growing and learning, like, your priorities and your wants and needs change. And you might literally just wake up and go, nope, I don't want this anymore. It's the same thing, like, why... You know, like, why do you break up with people and really, like, why are you in a relationship and break up with people? It's because one day, I mean, you know. More to it. But more to it, but like one day you wake up and you're like, we're just not compatible anymore. And that's the thing is like, sometimes you're just not compatible with dance anymore. And this is what I would say is like, I've seen... The reason why I think this episode is so important is that like, I've seen people fight against this. In particular, mm -hmm. when it's like the they don't have a major life reason mm -hmm. when they, you know, their excuse is that all my, yeah, a new show comes out on Netflix and all my friends get to binge watch it all weekend, but I'm in rehearsal all weekend or right. I have to work 16 serving jobs because I need to go to six auditions next week. Right. You know, like they, when they don't have those big reasons, they often fight against it and be like, I really should go to this cattle call, but I hate cattle calls. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if you hate cattle calls, why are you going to cattle calls? So, you know, so is... it's just those things of like, it's, I think this is where the hardest one is, is because when you don't have, when you just do wake up and be like, I'm not putting on tights this morning. Yeah. Like I, you know, or like I've, <laughs> I've had the, I'm not putting on tights conversation where I'm like, I'm just not doing it anymore. But then it's like one girl, a friend of mine, Leslie, she was like, I, I, I'm not wearing point shoes anymore. And this girl, perfect prima ballerina mm -hmm. body, gorgeous feet, has danced with two major ballet companies here in the United States. But she was like, uh, which is why I won't give her last name, but she was just like, I'm done. I no longer want to point in point shoes. Her family had an intervention. Because mm -hmm. mind you, this girl has been right. on point since... I think she said she was like seven, which is far too young, but another story. But she's like been dancing point her whole life. Like just, she's one of those ones that had a lot of natural talent and yeah. then she worked her butt off. Right. And so like her family was like, what do you mean you don't love dance? And she's like, no, I never said I don't love dance. She was like, I'm just like, I'm over the careful diet. I'm over wearing point shoes. I'm over it. Like I just... You know what? I know. I think that's also part of the thing, too, is, like, it doesn't have to mean, like, all of a sudden you don't love it or don't appreciate no. it. But I even know, like, I have known a couple people where this has happened, too, where, you know, 13, 15, 18, 21-year-old them, they went to college, they got a mm -hmm. degree in theater or dance. I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to make it, like, yes, 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 yes. And then they move to New York, and they don't. You're like, hey, have you gone on any auditions today? No, not really. Hey, like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm not really doing much. Because that, I think, is so hard because I think, like, and then, you know, you find out years later, oh, they moved to another state. Oh, they're yeah. They're teaching. They changed careers completely. They work in pharmaceuticals. Now they got married because I think, like, again, like I was saying, like, yeah, 18 and 21-year-old them, like, they wanted to move to New York and do it, but it wasn't really what 
they were meant to be doing. Yes. And I think that that one's really hard because I think that those are the ones that get stuck in the really big trap of like, I have to move to a big city. I have to be auditioning every single day. I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine. Sorry, I just like remember this where she moved to a big city because that's what you did, right? Like that's what you did. And like in the beginning, things were going well and then things weren't going so well and she wasn't getting jobs and she wasn't getting auditions. And I remember talking with her and her being like, you know what though? Like I am so like interested in, you know, like, uh, fitness and creating like, not just like fitness to look up, but creating like a healthy body. And like, you know, like I'm so invested in like food and food for the body. Like what types of foods really like work well with your body and why are all the, there are these different diets out there in terms of like, you know, not like, um, like diets in terms of like what, like um, like whole thirty, like whole thirty, oh, like yeah, paleo. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think of what that word is. Um, like lifestyle diets, I mm-hmm. guess you would say. Um, and she was like, I just like, and and she's like, I read so much about them. I do all this research, and I just remember being like, this is gonna be wild, but maybe maybe you start that. Like, I'm not saying give it up. I'm not saying like give up, give it up as a whole, but I'm saying maybe you, maybe you start looking into that more. Like you seem really passionate about that. You seem so excited when you talk about that. Like your day job is working at a gym. You love being there. Like maybe 21 year old you doesn't want what 25 year old you wants. And I just, Mm -hmm. and I remember her saying, but I don't want to disappoint me and I don't want to disappoint my family. And that is like really hard because there are two, like you do have a good number, a good percentage of like families too, where it's like, you know, you had to pull teeth from mom and dad to let, to pay, oh, to have them pay any sort of money into you being a dancer, theater major. And now you're going to turn around and go, this isn't what I want. And you don't want to disappoint them. But at the end of the day, like, your happiness. If you're is worth happy more, and your you happiness like, is worth more. and you I have like a, and way. you have like a career that you like, I'm pretty sure they're not gonna care. It, I, I, I will say it would be a str- It will be a struggle. It will be a very, very hard struggle. There will be some very awkward and very hard conversations to yeah. be had. But it's one of those things of. I say this as someone that is in the industry and that is exhausted right now from my own rehearsals. This is not an easy thing to do if you, and I've heard this from numerous Broadway dancer, anyone in the entertainment industry. If you love something else, go do it mm-hmm. because this is an industry that you cannot be in if you don't love it. And I think that is what this kind of the whole just, uh, wanting more, just like the feeling of moving on. It's just like when the love is gone or the, the passion isn't there anymore, you just have, sometimes you really do have to let it go for your, simply for your own sake, because it's one of those things of like, I have, I've done shows with people that are miserable yeah. about being in shows. Right. And it's the Why most, are you there It's then? one of those things where literally like I've been in rehearsals where people were kind of yelling and then being like, why are you here then? Yeah. Well, uh, and they didn't really have an answer. One of them left the industry and he's been like, he went into corporate finance. 
happiest I've ever seen this yeah. person. I'm like, I, I wouldn't be happy there, but great. Like he, he gets to wear a suit, goes into an yeah. office, nine to five, vacations, weekends, like making great money. Like he is totally happy with that. And literally he was like, I really, he's like, I really just want to thank the cast of Penelope. He was like, everyone was so mean to me because I was a terrible human being to all of them, but it forced me out of the mm -hmm. industry. That's what I wanted. Yeah. You know, or, or the same kind of thing of, I've met a lot of friends that like performed when they were younger and got really, really successful young, you know, uh, one did like two national tours, another mm -hmm. one, a television show. And they, as I got older towards like, uh, end of high school, college, they were like, yeah, I don't want that. I see, I see what the industry is and I don't want it. And my family is so disappointed in me, you know, because they think that that's what, what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's one of those things of like, you, you have to make that peace with yourself because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you only have you, you have yeah. to live with. And I, I'll give you a big example on a celebrity scale. Uh, the Smiths, um, Will Smith and Jada Smith, their daughter Willow with my hair came out and she yeah. was doing a whole album and things like that. And they've talked about this on their um, own show, but Willow turned to Will Smith and was like, okay, I'm done now. And they were like, well, you can't be done. Like, we've got an album, we've got tours. And she was like, no, I'm done. And literally, she, like, went home and shaved her head. So that's why Willow went from, like, this long, crazy hair to no hair is because she shaved it off. She's like, yeah. I can't be the whip my hair girl if I don't have any hair. And literally, her parents, she was like, they, Will and Jada both talk about how, like, they pushed it so hard because they knew the financial security from like doing all of this right. and like, how that money over time. And they like, we had to realize that like our daughter just wanted to be a daughter and mm -hmm. a, a kid. And I think it's the same thing too. Sometimes you have to have that moment for yourself and shave your head. Don't put on a point shoe. Don't put on tights. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to have that moment to yourself and go to your family and be like, Hey, I know we spent all that time, effort and energy on that, but I, they're not the ones in the audition room. Yeah. They're not the ones in rehearsals. Like I, they don't see, they don't, they're not in your body at right. the very least to know what that feeling is like when right. you're like, this is not working for me. I know a girl, she grew up a child actress and then did it into her early twenties, moved to LA, did that whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Ended up meeting a guy moving back to her hometown. She does medical sales now. She's a wow. medical sales rep. And as far as I have heard, and I know, what she's happy as can be. And I just think that, like, so we're spending a lot of time on, like, the, like, it's okay to leave, or when do you leave? Because I think it is really important to, like, we just don't have the conversation. It, we don't have the conversation, right? So I think it's really important to put it out there and, like, hear other people say, like, these are completely valid reasons for mm -hmm. you to decide that it is time for something else and at the end of the day you don't even need to have a reason like you nobody you don't. you don't owe anyone an explanation for you deciding to change your career how many people do we know that are not in the performing arts or entertainment business that change their careers that go from one thing to the next mm -hmm. thing or maybe not even one thing to the next but like they did something for several years now they're doing something completely different but because it's not the performing arts or the entertainment industry it's totally fine that they decided yeah. to switch things up. Yep. And not even just the performing arts. I think the arts as a whole. Um, I, um, my, my boyfriend does um, art. 
and um, we we talk about this a lot. Like I think the arts as a whole, there's this big stigma about like, oh, so you you either like you couldn't hack it, or like yeah. you had a breakdown. You're not, you know, you like you couldn't hack it. You're not good enough, and so like, or you're like you're giving up, and so you like leave the art world. And him and I talk about this all the time because he does more like. Um, you know, he does like graphic design art, and product yeah. design and like more like studio art stuff. And, you know, I obviously do dance, um, but we talk about it all the time that like, yeah, in the art world, like there's this really big stigma about leaving the art world mm -hmm. and like, oh, well, yeah, you literally like you couldn't hack it because you left, right? Like there's already that on micro levels in terms of like, oh, you, d you decided to go teach because you couldn't dance. Mm -hmm. Or you decided to choreograph because you couldn't dance. You decided to be a coach because you couldn't do, right? Like, it already happens on, like, the micro level. But I think, like, on the macro level, like, when you leave art, people are like, oh, how dare which you? Is, which which is, is silly because in any other industry, like, you could literally be like, hey, I was the manager at blah, blah, blah for years. And now I'm going to go work for this company. And people are like, oh, you okay. got a pay raise? Cool, great. Right. End of right. discussion. And there's no, which is, again, which is why the stigma just does not make sense to me because I'm like, sometimes you just want something different or you want to try, like, when I have bad days, I say all the time, I really want to work in a library because I, lo I wrote a book. Like, I love yeah. reading. And so literally, the people that know me, if I were ever like, guys, um, I'm a writer. I live in Vermont now. You know, yep. or like, wherever. Everyone... The people that don't know me that well will be like, that's so weird. Who gave him on the industry? And everyone else would be like, nah, he likes right. books. He's reading all the time. Like, that's pretty normal for him, you know? So it's one of those things of just, like, it's such a, it's dumb. Like, it's just a very dumb stigma that, like, I want us to start, I want us to just start this notion of just, like, leaving the arts is not the end of the world. Right. Like, they are, I know plenty of people that leave the arts and are patron of the arts, or just, you know, like, have respect for it. I know but plenty it just of girls, like, like, plenty of girls I grew up dancing with who decided to not pursued in college or and I know a lot of them who like didn't pursue it in college but then they would be like on the dance team or like mm -hmm. stuff like that right so they still did something in, in college but now they you know they don't they don't do dance at all but every once in a while they'll be like oh I'm home for the weekend I'm gonna go take That's a dance class, class. Yeah. you can still do those things nobody is saying that you left the industry and how dare you show up to a dance class no, right not at all so I think we should also, if we're, we have to, and this one is technically more of a reason than our first two, but I think it's something that we have to discuss. We're going to talk about leaving the arts or life after the arts. It's medical reasons. Mm -hmm. So I, there, there is a, um, a student that I had who has a, a lymphic, is it lymph, lymph node? There's a, that has a lymph node issue mm -hmm. no a lymph node thalamus issue or essentially it's like if he does not get x amount of rest mm -hmm. he will start having tremors and he will shake really really badly mm -hmm. and i met him working at an arts camp and so like they were on an intense schedule and so the conversation was had between his family and other artists and things like that about him going into the arts full time and how that could be dangerous for his health. Mm -hmm. Because again, I say, I know I said I'm tired like four times on this episode. Uh, my schedule's all over the place right now because I'm teaching at schools right now and choreographing a show and also doing the podcast and things like that. Mm -hmm. So like 
I don't get to be on a normal sleep schedule. And like people that are on in dance concerts and are in Broadway, your show goes down at 7 p.m. and you've got to press junket at 8 a.m. the next morning. Like our schedules are very sporadic. So for him, he's still kind of figuring out he's young so he's still trying uh, he's in college now but he's still trying to figure out like how he can be in this industry and maintain the x amount of hours sleep mm-hmm. needed for him mm-hmm. and it's a very tricky thing that like he he himself he said that he was like i would be sad if i left this industry but i like living more yeah you know or i've met plenty of people that like i've met i have a couple friends that are stuntmen that have like destroyed their back and they're like yeah, I'm just tired of having back surgery. I think I'm done. You know, well, that's or, what I was going to say is like injuries occur, right? And oh, yeah. Injuries occur and sometimes it's not it's it's not worth it to fight through the pain, even if it's like, oh, yeah, the injury could heal and like you could continue on. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's not worth it. Sometimes you physically cannot. And then also like a big thing, which I think that this is going to have to be a whole separate issue, uh, episode that we explore. But, you know, your your mental and emotional health. Yes. And which we kind of touched upon yes. earlier in this episode, and I think we'll do a whole, you know, we won't, we won't Very really good. get, we won't really get into it right now. But your mental and emotional health, your well-being, is way more important than you booking Absolutely. a gig. And we've talked again. We've talked. Yeah, about we're not. We've talked about it before. We'll dive into it more, and we won't really do it um, now. But these are all things to consider. Huge reasons why people leave the industry, and also why, like, it's okay to. Yes, and you know, like, well, I'll save emotional. That's definitely a whole episode. But going back to just physical ailments, it's like, I am doing a step, step dance with my high school kids and my elementary school kids. So on Mondays, I teach four classes of step on top of teaching two classes of hip hop. My feet hurt. And I was offered to sub a tap class. Nope, I was supposed to set a tap piece for a studio. And I had to turn them down. And the mm-hmm. studio owner, like, it was reached out to me by, like, someone lower in the studio. But the studio owner reached out and was like, is everything all right? Is everything okay? Like, you love working for us. I was like, I totally do love working for you. But, like, physically, my feet cannot take stepping and tap dance right now like i just Mm -hmm. i like that is asking for an injury like and i've had i've had terrible shin splints before and i've only within the last two years have not had issues i don't want to go back to that from like wrong like and a lot of it was like wrong technique fix the technique part but then it was overuse and that might that my dad was like yeah you're overdoing and i was like you can overdo things he goes you're being dumb you're overdoing it you know so like it's one of those things of like and especially us as dancers our bodies is all that we have so like mm-hmm. years of tap dance point ladies or sometimes gentlemen in heels mm-hmm. like doing those things like those have wear and tear on like your spine on your legs and like on your posture and things like that so there you do have it's always so funny to me when i meet um dancers that are like it's typically the young ones too that the minute they can dress up, they're in like the tallest heels they can find. Mm-hmm. And then you get a dancer that's been in the industry just long enough. And they were like, you cannot pay me to put on a heel. That, that was the thing. The only way I'm wearing heels is if I'm getting paid. Right. And they're like, because other than that, I'm going to be in something nice and comfortable. Mm-hmm. She's, and literally, she's like, I will wear the ugliest shoe because it's comfortable versus being in a nice mm-hmm. big long heel. Or She's like, no. And so like when <laughs> that's a real thing when you're like, my body cannot sustain this. And it's something that professional, again, if it was any other industry, professional athletes 
get to retire yeah. or get to be like, you know, I've taken too many hits on the football field or my body just cannot maintain anymore. I'm yeah. retiring. We throw them an award ceremony. They get an extra special on ESPN, right. but a and dancer they... doing it. And it's like, oh, she's leaving the industry. It's like, she's danced for 25 right. years on point. She's done enough. Right. Like, you know, like, so I just, I think uh, like, that one yeah. frustrates me a lot. And so like, with that being said, with our whole like reasons why, people leave and why it's okay to leave and again you don't need a reason but these are I think the things mm -hmm. that we don't talk about that a lot of us think about on a daily basis like I've definitely oh, yeah. even recently thought about it but so okay so you've decided <laughs> morning, to sorry wait I just want to throw this up. this yeah. morning again I'm I was really sore and in the classroom that I teach in the morning the heater is the first thing in the morning so the heater's on full blast yeah and we're about to teach dance and so we have these windows that are high up mm -hmm. and I couldn't find there's like this pole that you use oh, to yeah, I couldn't I know find exactly the pole yeah, yeah. so you have to like climb on the radiator which yep. it's like it's wide enough it's almost like four by four you climb on the radiators and you could just pull the windows open and I'm staring at the window and so my students come in there was like what's wrong and I was like I'm too sore to open that window I think I should stop dancing and they just laughed and like climbed up there and opened right. it but I was like oh that was a nice moment. And I like went on with my day. So like, guys, it's a real yeah, thing. And I think like those thoughts are so real and deciding kind of like, oh, when are the thoughts enough and it's time to move on or not? Yeah. Like that's a personal thing and I can't tell you. No one but, can. Okay. So these things are coming up, all these moods, all these feelings, you're just ready for a change. It's, it's time for something new in your life, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. There, again, like we said, there are the people that choose, like the person you know in that show who choose to go a completely different lifestyle, right? Yes. To go into business or you end college and you decide, I got a dual degree, I'm going to go do something else or I'm going to go get a master's in something else. You graduate from high school. You know what? I might casually dance still recreationally, but I want to get my communications degree. Okay, so there's that, you know, group of people. But let's say you're in the industry for a while. Mm-hmm. You still love dance. You love dance. You love watching it. You still love to dance for, for, you know, for you. But you decided to leave the industry. Now what? And I think that talking about what are those, because this is something I've thought about a lot recently, to be honest. Like, as someone who is so invested in the dance community, who is, you know, still choreographing and trying to make a name for myself and establishing dance programs at schools and teaching all the time like when that time comes to move on because the time will come I know me I know myself like mm -hmm. the time will come to move on from one or both of those things now what right I still love dance so much I need to move I physically I need to move every day movement is a huge part of my life what are my options now? And I think kind of shedding light on like, what are those like options that are very viable and that are, mm -hmm. you know, I think like good for the dancer after dancing is something that we should talk about and share. So the number one thing, um, is the fitness industry. Yeah. Um, it just, and it, it's one of those things of a lot, especially here in New York city, a lot of dancers, already take yoga and Pilates. And so a lot of them do transition into those jobs. Um, I know in particular that my, uh, when I was in college, one of my college professors was finishing up like some Pilates certification for herself. And so she needed to offer a couple hours of mat classes. And so she offered it to the students. And 
we were so interested that, I mean, I, I didn't do this, but several of them were interested in like, what is this program that you're doing that several of them, she told them about it, let them know the money situation with all of those things like that. And so several of my uh, friends that were dance majors graduated with their Pilates certification or like mm -hmm. shortly after graduating, finished the last couple of hours that summer. And so like soon after graduation, they graduated with their Pilates degree. And several of them are like, full-on Pilates teachers doing master classes and workshops all over creation because I went to an international college. But um, it's one of those things of like you, they, a lot of them don't dance anymore. Like a lot yeah. of them are being like calling, they're like calling me a dancer. She's not accurate because all I do is Pilates or all I do is yoga, you know, and that, but they're like, they're the same boat where like I've always moved my whole life. I've mm -hmm. always been able to exercise. I'm one of those people. I don't like exercising, but I like dancing. So I know that even if I were to ever leave this, you're still gonna I, dance I'm, I'm for going you. to dance for me too yeah. because that is how I stay in shape. Right. Um, and so it's one of those things of the, or, there are a lot of dancers that are mm, not so much because it's mm, debatable, but running is not the greatest thing for dancers right. per se, but like plenty of dancers run marathons, yeah. plenty, you know, things like that. So like I, the fitness industry is the, is a lovely next doorstep. Yeah. I do want to piggyback on that. I know that I know personally as well as like hearing and seeing like through whatever. I also personally know a lot of people who've transitioned from dancing into Pilates. I think, um, you know, so Pilates is, um, it, a, one of the best cross training yes. things that you can do for your body as a dancer. And I feel like they didn't really tell us it as much. I mean, I did like Alexander and Feldenkrais and yoga in college. So at least I had those, but Pilates is definitely one of the best things you can do as a dancer. I had a ballet teacher growing up who performed and then she became a ballet teacher. She actually owns her own Pilates studio in the East Village now. Oh, nice. I know a girl that I uh, went to undergrad with, dancer, and after college, she did do the thing where she danced for a couple of years. She was from mm -hmm. California. She moved back. She moved to LA. And she was dancing, you know, in the Disney parades and she had an agent and all that stuff. And she's in PT school now. And she got, she got a bunch of, she got a couple different Pilates certifications, you know, reformer, Matt, all that. And she, um, we'll get to the PT thing in a minute, but she teaches. Like her job is now a Pilates instructor. It's funny. And I think that, sorry, um, I think that it is a very um, easy transition. I mean, yes, you have to go through all the certifications and trainings, mm, yes. but I think as a dancer, um, I think that Pilates just like naturally, we understand it. It's very in tune to like moving our body a certain way mm. and, and making small adjustments. And it's so good for the dancer's body that oh, I yeah. think that it makes, um, it makes a lot of sense. And I know a lot of people who like, you know, it's hard, right? So like, if you're talking in terms of finances, like you gotta be a stellar instructor who yes. works at a stellar studio where you are able to make enough money to live off of only mm -hmm. teaching. But a lot of these people, they do other things like they'll work at the front desk of the studio mm -hmm. as well. They'll have office hours. They'll, you know, train other do teachers. Personal training and they'll things do like personal They'll do personal training, right? So like Pilates is a huge, fitness in general is a huge thing, but Pilates is a huge yes. one. I, well, I know several personal trainers that are also physical therapist. Yeah. So physical therapy is also another lovely transition. I, for some reason, I know a lot of people, like these are a lot of empty dancers that like went into the medical science world instead of going straight to like the fitness world. Yeah. But kind of looped back around. Cause like I know a friend that was a molecular engineer. 
don't know why she chose to go to college for that. I'm talking about a girl that was like leads in musicals, dancing her butt off, you know, years yeah. of ballet, jazz, tap, all of the things that third, and was booking like professional regional stuff. Then got to college and was like, molecular engineer. We're all like, uh, oh, sure, Courtney. Like, happy as can be. Right. When it's, you know, did that for college. She's like, I don't know if I want to pursue this. Maybe this is my hobby. Now go back to dance. And then she was dating a guy who was a part of a minor league baseball team and they needed personal trainers. And she was like, well, she would like just be at his practices or picking him up and she mm -hmm. would just say things about the body. And he would be like, you know so much. She's like, I don't have the training. Went, got this, the certification. She went, got the certifications for a personal trainer. And then she's like, well, what if I become a physical therapist? Like, because that's combining my love of science and, you know, and my mm -hmm. love of dance and the human body. And so now she's, uh, I don't know, last time I talked to her, she was working for some major league team. I don't remember where she's at now because I think she transferred. But, like, being able to, she's, like, working with athletes who, she, it's funny, she's like, athletes don't understand their bodies. And then she's, and then she changed it to dancers understand their bodies so well that to anyone else, they don't understand their bodies. Right. And I firmly agree with that. Because again, we balance on our big toe. You're not about to tell me anything about my body that I don't know when right. I spend hours looking at myself in the mirror and balancing on my big toe. Um, but she literally, she was like, it's so great to like, I like, she was like, they, she's like a lot of what got her in on a lot of these interviews is like when they would do the in-person sessions with her she's like i would just give them normal dancer stretches and mm -hmm. they would be like oh my god i'm reaching a muscle i never done and she was like that's such a like there are two-year-olds yeah. doing their stretches in their ballet classes right. but these athletes you know don't think about that but it's a, like she was like you'd be surprised how she's like she's learning now that she's been in the business for a while she's like there are a lot of like former dancers that you know have like done the training done the certification went back to school for it just because we have such an understanding of the body that it's yeah. not trying to under you know un explain how this muscle works or why this rotation of the hip or this right. joint like it's normal to us yeah i think that in the fitness world like pilates is definitely like in the top two of things that people who do to decide to move on from dance go to and then i think personal training because again like especially as a dancer a very inf well-informed dancer and someone who takes mm -hmm. their dancing very seriously is going to cross train so going into the world of personal training makes a lot of sense i also know like you were saying like i know um, a couple a handful of people i went to college with who were all dance majors with me who i was just talking about the girl who she teaches pilates for a living but she's also in pt school mm -hmm. another girl i was friends with um she moved up to seattle and she danced professionally for a couple years and then decided to go to pt school and i know a couple yep. more as well and i agree i think that and as someone who went to PT for an entire year of my life and wasn't allowed to dance and could only go to PT three Ooh. times a week, yeah. um, I think that um, having ex-dancers as physical therapists oh God, is yes. huge so much because we do know we are so well informed about bodies and and of course you go back to school. You have to go to school to be a physical therapist. Yes. But yes, yes, yes. we're so well informed about our bodies and other bodies and how muscles and grow and growth patterns and mm -hmm. things work and injuries we're so well informed in the dance world of injuries and yep. what injuries look like and feel like and how they work that i just think that it is a very natural progression to go to um to go be a physical therapist now yes. if you're sitting here and you're like danielle i am about to be 30 i have been thinking about leaving the dance world you're reading my mind wow physical therapy sounds so cool I don't want to go back to school. 
Well, you do have to go back to school. However, there are programs that are accelerated programs yes. out there. There are ones that you can do a lot of the coursework online, online. just like a lot of the other master's programs out there to the world these yes, days. Yes, yes, there yes. are lots of accelerated and online programs. And then you go in and you do clinicals uh, and yeah. rotation or you go and you be go or if you're thinking about getting into it and you're like, I just can't afford school, like see if you can take a couple of part-time classes online and apply to be a PT aide. Yes. And see kind of, you know, like I don't have all the inner workings of what it takes to be a physical therapist. These are the, the few things I do know. But again, like even if you're turning 30, like change is possible. And like we said earlier, like people it way is, older than have done it. Right, it's okay to stop dancing. And the, the, I will say that like definitely, and again, I only, I'm with Danielle, I only have a small amount of knowledge, but I had a friend who went to college for physical, oh goodness. It's like essentially like, like physical training, yeah. but it was a new program. So they did not have all the certifications, but you did you received no certifications when you received, you received your degree. However, so he graduated, moved back home to Jersey and was like, I really like I really want to go on this personal fitness like journey. Let me look in what and I was like, well, look and see what it's like to take the test for the to be a personal trainer. Yeah. And the course that he found is like they give you the online things, but like you essentially you take the on classes online or the courses online or the reading material and then you take the test. He was like, I already know everything I needed to know. He's like the first two tests. I really didn't need to study. I kind of right. knew everything already from just college and training. Right. A lot of my dancer friends have said the same thing too. Those first few tests are not as in as intense that if you have any kind of working of the body, you'll understand it. But his thing of it is he was like, while he was doing this, he was a personal aide mm -hmm. at a lot of gyms or he would like, I would work the front desk at a gym yep. and I would talk with the personal trainers and I was like, well, you have to do hours anyway. You can do your hours under right, me. Kind of so like, like a work study, a work study thing, right? apprenticeship type right. of thing. So there are numerous options that again, if you're like, I don't want, I don't want to go back to school for, you you have to because you need to certify that you know that knowledge. Right. But there are numerous ways where you don't have to immediately be, shell out a ton of right, money and or be in like a classroom or anything in a classroom like that. with people yeah. younger. No, there are numerous options yeah. that I would say invest in and then look into. Um, Those are definitely some of the are out there. Yeah, and like being a personal trainer, Pilates instructor, or anything else in the fitness world and a physical therapist, those are some of the big ones to go into. And then, but there are other, you know, there, there are other options, right? Of course, teaching is always an option, right? Like mm -hmm. if you are dancing or choreographing and directing full time and you really don't want to, like teaching is an amazing option. Yes. Now I'm trying to stay away from the talking about teaching because I do also think that you can get burnt out absolutely from teaching and you know like anyone out there who is a teacher like tony and i who teaches like you know like four to six hours a day and then you know you might also like i still work for byE and i have rehearsals on sundays or tony's doing a show right now he goes to rehearsals for like it is very easy to choose to go into teaching but then get burnt out yep. so while teaching is an amazing option, I am talking about like when you're truly ready to leave the dance world. And so I think where we, do you go? Well, I, we have to talk about those people that we know that have just pure, they, 
they are at best a patron of the arts, yeah. but no longer do this. And I think like that's another great job though that people don't talk about, right? So like we're talking about like the, the more physical jobs that people, mm -hmm. you know, you still want to move, you want to do something, those are great. But then there are also jobs like, okay, you still love going. You can be a booker for a company or a show. Mm -hmm. You can work at a box office. Yeah, you a really good friend of mine. Literally, she was an actress. She met. I was friend. I'm best friends with like her husband. They met on tour and then got back from tour. He was still choreographing. Yeah. She started doing box office and now she's a front of house person. Like right. that is her career. Going path, into things like that, like right, person. like going into like a front of house position. Um, or I think that these are all other options outside of like the physical world. Oh yeah. That'll still kind of keep you in that world, but let you also leave and have a different life or style. producers we've had john on yep. bars on the show where literally it's like he is a producer right he still performs but like he like i said maybe that's his end goal is like once he's done performing it's all on the producing right. side but he's like doing a lot of producing now and i um and i think that we also forget you know about those jobs that are out there that are still like but i love the arts there are still ways in which that you can stay in the arts or i have numerous friends who's uh, they are they the plan is already for their parents to pass the position out to them their parents are board of are on the board of directors mm -hmm. of several theaters here in the city around the country around the world for a couple of them you know those are definitely positions where it's like i can um joey in particular like he's kind of started taking more ownership over the one of the theater companies that his family has a very strong hand in he's like it's so nice where like he's like they've started a summer series where like younger shows or not mm -hmm. not shows for uh theater not theater for young audiences but like they'll be like for this you know end of summer show we're gonna do like a rent or we're gonna do you know something you know yeah, spring yeah, awakening yeah. Yes. so something geared where they pull in the younger audience yeah. members and introduce the older crowd to different types of more yeah. contemporary shows and he was like i was so happy when i proposed that to the board yeah that they were like sure and he was like they offered him two summer sauce he was like let's do one for now because like yeah. i don't quite know how any of this but works how like what a and, cool position to be like right. if they're if there is the opportunity to go into a position where you can serve on a board but mm -hmm. maybe you have another job right maybe oh yeah like this is not life, at right? all his this nine this, to five right but <laughs> you have the opportunity to still be involved in the arts something else that um has been piquing my interest recently personally um i think also because i didn't know that it existed for a while um being a consultant so of mm -hmm. course you know about or a lot of people know about like oh yeah like choreography consultants who like go in on like certain projects that don't really need choreographers but they need some one of a choreographer mindset to look at something so there are those positions but i'm talking more in terms of like for those you kind of like need to still have an agent and like all that stuff but i'm talking in terms of um consultants for maybe like regional theater companies or community mm -hmm. theaters to go in yep. and kind of review you know almost do a producer role of like see the show give notes but also consult on like how they can make their programs better a lot of um theater companies have you know youth programs and mm -hmm. how do you be go in and consult how do you make those youth programs better there are opportunities to be an arts and education consultants out there especially in new york city there are a couple of like yeah. key 
um, companies, like key players that they help schools to develop curriculums and they go in and they watch classes and they talk to you about how can we make this better. Like any other consultant job, think, think business world. What is yes. the job of a consultant to go in, look at what you have and talk about and implement ways to make the product better? That exists in the arts world. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a great career move for someone who maybe wants a little more flexible schedule or you're not, I think that it's a great career move for teachers. I know for normal quote unquote teachers, like your normal subject area teachers, a big thing that people go into when they're ready to leave the classroom is consulting. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that yeah. for arts and education, it's gonna become, you're gonna see more of it as more schools are implementing arts and education. Yes. Um, these are all opportunities for you to still have a hand in what you love, but right. not be dancing. And then it's also those that just at the end of the day, I'll go watch a show, but I yeah. just don't wanna dance anymore. And I'm just gonna do something completely different, which we kind of touched upon. I just wanted to make a big point of like those jobs that can still be close, that be oh, yeah. close but it is totally okay. Like we said earlier, to every other industry done. does it. It's totally okay to just move on. It is. And it's one of those things of like, I encourage you to, in those moments where you're feeling it, have this conversation with other artists, because I think I'm a little soapboxy here. I think we as a society, have learned to not talk about certain subjects. Yep. And in the process of not talking about them, we've stopped educating ourselves on yep. them. We don't. And leave it back to the show. Leaving the industry is one of them. You know, yeah. we just don't, we don't talk about it. So we don't like, again, I didn't really think about consulting until you literally right. said it right now. Well, that like, was the thing. There's like, so many other jobs I'm like, that are so related or close or like, or just even like being a patron, you know, being on our art council or, you know, mm -hmm. like a board of directors or things like that, where you can like help manipulate the arts, but you go to a meeting once a month right. and then you spend the rest of the time working. But you're still in involved in some way. Or, you know, but I agree. We don't talk about these at all. And, and like, so it's something that I've grappled with a lot recently is trying to, because we talked about this earlier, right? There's such the stigma. We don't talk about it. And there's mm -hmm. a stigma then about leaving. And it's something I've grappled with of being like, Danielle, it's okay. Absolutely. At the end of the day, you're really only the person judging yourself. And if anyone is judging you for leaving or choosing to move into a different career path, honestly, like, screw them. Basically. Because they, they are, if they're too concerned about what you're doing, then that's like a whole separate issue. <laughs> yes. On its own. So that being said, that brings us to our tip of the week. Um, my tip of the week is go see shows. Go see shows, go mm -hmm. see shows. So for my birthday, I get received tickets to Matthew Bourne's Swan Lake. Mm -hmm. um, and for those that don't know, it's a modern retelling of Swan Lake with the swans being all men. Mm -hmm. It is a phenomenal, and again, if you don't know Matthew Bourne and you're in the ballet contemporary world, you should look him up, you should know who he is. What was nice for me is that I studied Matthew Bourne in college. Um, and I've seen excerpts from his Swan Lake, but I've never seen, cause it's not done that often. Like, you no, know, it's not literally this, they're, they're touring this year. Well, 2019, 2020, but like the last tour was like maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. 
possibly five, but like he does not tour very often. Like he doesn't mount productions of this very often. Um, and it, they call it like legendary. And I was like, oh, I really want to see it. And then someone got me tickets for my birthday and it was literally a wonderful, like it was just wonderful to go see it. So my tip of the day again is just like, remember to go see shows. I know it's hard. I know we're busy life, but like, I'm very grateful that like, I snuck out of rehearsal early to go see it last week. Um, it was definitely very nourishing to see such a wonderful production with such ta excellent, talented dancers um, and amazing projections too. Mm. So, yep, that's my tip of the week. What about you, Danielle? Um, my tip of the week is going to um, relate back to this episode. Like I said, um, I've kind of been doing a, a, a lot of just research and thinking and deciding lately um, to research those opportunities out there where um that allow you to use your wonderful knowledge mm -hmm. of dance and your creativity and all of the things you've learned in your lives but how what else how else can you apply all those to just research those opportunities to just know about them even if you are not planning on leaving the industry you're like nope i'm good i love what Absolutely. i do that's amazing i love what i do too but i think just kind of knowing the options that are out there are super important um plug in some keywords on LinkedIn, on Glassdoor, and just kind of see where it takes you. I think that you'll be surprised what opportunities are out there. Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. Episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We're Point PYT on all social media platforms. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher. Some days I sit and wish I was a kid. Some days I sit and wish I was a kid. Some days I sit and wish I was a kid.